At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Here's your host, Danny Burke. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, to preview Monday Night Football here on Beeson's Pro Football Betting Podcast. I am Danny Burke, your host, but you already know that. And look, uh, the real reason you're here is because, of course, you got to listen to the man himself, Brady (laughs) Cannon, at Las Vegas Golfer, where you can follow Brady on the tweets. Not only has the man been crushing it every single time he talks about the pigskin here on the podcast, He's a heck of a better when it comes to golf. What is it, Brady? The last three golf tournaments, you have hit the outright winner. Is that correct? I tell you, it's absolutely unbelievable, Danny. I mean, it's enough to just hit one winner, right? And, uh, you know, a couple years ago, I think I had eight or nine outrights during an entire golf season. That was great. Uh, This past year, I only had two. Uh, Wes Reynolds was on fire this past golf season. I think between the European tour and the PGA tour, he hit 11 outrights. But in this little fall series here, I have hit three in a row. Two weeks ago, I hit Russell Henley uh, at 45 to one uh, at Mayakoba. And then two, uh, one week ago, I hit Tony Finau in Houston at 18 to one. And then this kid come, came back, he shot 63, 62, and then finished it off today with, I think, a, a 64 or something like that. And that is Austin Svensson or Adam Svensson. Mm. I don't even know his name. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of, obviously uh, he's got a name now. His first win on the PGA yeah. Tour, a young Canadian kid. I hit him at 150 to one. So I, I don't think I've ever gone two weeks in a row 
uh, and let alone three. So uh, a great way to close out the uh, fall series on the PGA Tour, and then they they restart again in January in uh, Kapalua, Maui. So we'll, we'll see if we can. I, I got about six weeks off here. Hopefully uh, I don't cool off. Yeah, well, hey, congratulations. You do a heck of a job, not only with all the golf coverage, but of course in the National Football League, which is why everybody is here to listen to you because not only have you been crushing it with the links, uh, you've been dominating Monday Night Football, Brady. You've been consistently giving out great picks, amazing information. And hey, now we get a matchup on Monday with your squad, the San Francisco 49ers, taking on the Arizona Cardinals. A little bit of a unique game, right? This one's taking place outside of the United States in Mexico. Uh, we do see San Francisco up, Brady, to about an eight, eight and a half. Well, actually, it's kind of funny. So it's bearing a full point. Out in your neck of the woods in Vegas, I'm seeing right. a couple seven and a halves couple eight and a halves consensus is at eight in terms of the total it opened 45 now we're seeing 43s and by the way in case i didn't mention it the spread opened five in the hook uh, it looks like colt mccoy is going to be the quarterback so that's worth noting naturally and then something else i thought was pretty interesting too brady uh, that the 49ers have been practicing at the air force academy outside of colorado springs to get acclimated to the high altitude that they're going to have in Mexico City, take that into account, I guess, as much as you want. But uh, those are just some of the notable things, aside from the stats we'll get into, that I just wanted to throw out before we get your thoughts on this game. Yeah, you know, I, I we had a uh, reporter on from NBC 49ers in uh, San Francisco, uh, Jennifer Lee Chan. She was actually in Mexico City and a beat writer for the 49ers. And she talked about, I asked her about that trip to Colorado Springs to practice. And the Niners kind of were dealt a little bit of a curveball there because the weather really turned on them. The average high temperature this time of year is, you know, in the 40s or the 50s. And it, it was like that before they arrived. And it was like that after they left. But those two or three days that they were there, it snowed and it got crazy cold. And uh, so they had to practice indoors one day. But, you know, I think just being in that altitude, whether you're, you know, sleeping at night or being out there walking around during the day, what have you, I, I certainly think it can't hurt. Um, you know, it didn't go exactly as planned, but I, I still think it's probably good for them to acclimate for sure. Now, it's still about 1,200 feet in difference. Colorado Springs at about 6,000 feet and Estadio Azteca, uh, where they will play in Mexico City at about 7,200 feet. Um, but I think anything is, is beneficial. You know, this 49ers team. We saw them last Sunday night when they played the Chargers, and that was out of a bye week. And, you know, all of their new toys, uh, all of their old toys, everybody was healthy and, and basically on the field all at once together. And it didn't seem to me like Kyle Shanahan had really figured out how to really find a rhythm with all this talent he has on the field. I, I felt that they stubbed their toe a number of times. Jimmy G really bailed him out with a tremendous game on third down. He, he was faced with third yeah. and long quite a bit and converted, uh, you know, a high percentage of the time. And that really allowed the Niners to win the game. But, you know, you wonder if another week gone by, where the 49ers can find the, the the right connection, the right combination, the right chemistry with all the star power. And if they do, I think the Cardinals are in big trouble. I I agree with you there, Brady. And it's kind of almost good in the sense that if, if you like San Francisco, that they were a little shaky out of the bye last week because you probably wouldn't imagine with the coaching staff that they have, the experience and all the talent, that they would find themselves in trouble two weeks in a row. 
I guess that also has to take into consideration what your valuation is on Colt McCoy versus Kyler Murray. Now, last week, I know people were kind of saying like, oh, look how much easier or simplified this offense is with Colt McCoy. And to a certain degree, I, I think you could say that because it's just, it's a differently ran offense when you get a pocket passer like Colt McCoy versus an improvisational creative quarterback in Kyler Murray. And yes, he can knock on in for maybe not being so great with his preparation. But at the end of the day, yeah, you'd prefer Kyler Murray. But in the short span of things, Brady, what do you think the difference is, at least with your personal power ratings between McCoy and Murray? Well, you know what? I, I've never really been a big fan of Kyler Murray, and I think I, I've you know soured on him even more so this season. He, he just doesn't look like much of a leader. You know, he's, he yeah. tends to sulk and pout on the sidelines, and we know he has ability certainly to run, and, and he's a good passer as well, but I just don't think he has that it factor that people talk about when you're looking for, you know, that alpha dog to lead your team like like we see Tom Brady has, uh, you know, and a number of other Josh Allen certainly, you know, puts his team on his back. Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, some of the best in the league. And, and I'm not saying Kyler Murray's in that company, but, you know, you've still got to have that leadership quality. Uh, and I don't you know, I, I what I'm getting at here is, I guess, that I don't think the Cardinals are all that worse off with Colt Mah uh, McCoy. If not sure. better off, I mean, you're right. You talked about it. You'd almost have to redesign the offense because you have a pocket passer versus a guy who's very mobile. And, you know, that may play into the 49ers' hands, actually, because typically the 49ers have struggled with mobile quarterbacks. They lost earlier this year to Justin Fields in the very first game of the season, and he wasn't necessarily even doing what he's doing now as far as his mobility uh, in game one. Uh, Kyler Murray is 3-1-1 one, and one against the spread as a starter against the 49ers. And Russell Wilson gave the 49ers fits for years when he was with the Seahawks in the NFC West division. So they have been known to kind of struggle with mobile quarterbacks. But last season when Colt McCoy was in for Kyler Murray, when he was injured last year, Colt McCoy went up to Santa Clara and beat the Niners outright as an underdog. Um, but right. I think uh, this situation is certainly different. Uh, and I think while Colt McCoy might be better for this team long term, uh, I don't know if he's better against the 49ers team that struggles with guys that have more mobility. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, before we get even a little bit deeper into your thoughts for this game, I just want to throw out some numbers like I typically try to do for these highlighted primetime games. The 49ers come into this spot ranking eighth overall in defense, according to DVOA. As for the Cardinals, they are 21st. Some other discrepancies. Uh, the 49ers, we, we think of them as having a great defense. Sometimes we like to criticize Jimmy Garoppolo, but we have to recognize the genius that is Shanahan a lot of times. And honestly, how well Garoppolo does at conducting this offense himself and working with the weapons they have available and really scheming against these defenses. Like Jimmy Garoppolo does a very sufficient job more often than not. And this offense is averaging about six yards per play, which is fourth in the NFL. Arizona's at 4.9, which is 30th. Defensively, San Francisco limiting opponents to just 4.7 yards per play, which is third fewest. Arizona's at 5.7, so you have a yard discrepancy basically on average on both sides of the ball. Uh, San Francisco also limiting opponents to just 3.4 yards per rush attempt, which is first. Arizona's at 4.4. Once again, there you see the discrepancy. And then I thought something else was pretty interesting too, Brady, because I'm kind of trying to 
think of a way to get involved because I do like the 49ers. I'm not infatuated with laying over a touchdown. So then I was considering maybe something in the first half. But even still, then the spread's at about four in the hook or four at best, and you're laying a little bit of juice. So I haven't gotten there. But you look at these first half numbers, we know notoriously Arizona has struggled in the first half this season. Not only offensively, where uh, they're just getting nine points per game in the first half, but defensively, they're allowing 13 first half points per game. San Francisco defensively limiting opponents to 8.6 first half points per game, which is third. Offensively, they're racking up about 12 and a half. So that would have been my stronger angle to consider with the first half. But again, I just don't necessarily love where these numbers are at. I considered maybe going over two and a half total touchdowns with San Francisco, but the best juice you could get is like 165. Uh, Arizona's allowing three total touchdowns per game and their opponents are scoring a touchdown in the red zone 67.5% of the time, which is 28. So I know I'm kind of throwing a lot out there, but I'm just kind of configuring these numbers to try to get a good angle for this game. I'm not trying to force one, but I guess with that information and what you already have established, is there something you like for a pre-flop bet? Well, you know what? I, I, I don't have a play in this game, and, and I don't know if I will. Um, here's some numbers that kind of echo what you're talking about as well, the differences between these two teams. San Francisco is averaging over two more yards per first down play than their opponent. That is the largest differential wow. in the league. And the Arizona Cardinals are averaging less than 4.5 yards per play on first down. That is the fewest in the league. So first down, certainly an issue. Uh, the Cardinals are averaging nine yards per completed pass. That is the fewest in the league. The 49ers are averaging 12 and a half yards per, uh, per completed pass. That is third in the league. Uh, their defense is allowing a league low 15% of running back carries to gain a first down or a touchdown, while Arizona is allowing over 26% of running back carries to result in a first down or a touchdown. That is 29th in the league. So there certainly is a discrepancy with yards yards gained, the running game, the inability to stop the running game for the Arizona Cardinals. If you look at just what my numbers come out to, and I think we've probably gone over this in the past on this podcast, uh, I do three sets of numbers, and my numbers came to Niners minus 12, Niners minus 9.5, and, and Niners minus 15. Wow. So that should tell me, you know, I think when you have a variance in your number uh, of three or three or more points, versus what the actual line is. That's when you have to take a hard look. And and basically, you know, every one of those sets of numbers is, is three or more with the one being one and a half with the nine and a half there. But it's pretty strong in favor of the Niners. And I think it goes to exactly what we're saying, reading off all these stats and uh, you know, if they and, and also what I talked about, if they find a rhythm, if they get that offense in sync, they have so much talent. It's like it's hard to find the formula to get that offense to fire on all cylinders. And and if another week gone by uh, proves that they can find that rhythm and that chemistry and, and that should, you know, go in line with all these numbers and these stats that we're reading off, they should crush the Cardinals. But I've seen this team for too long. You know, you you talked about it. This is my boyhood club that I grew up with as a fan and whatnot. And they just don't seem to cover big numbers. They should have crushed the, the Chargers. They didn't score. They held the Chargers scoreless in the second half last week. 
and they should have punched that last score in to cover the number. They didn't. Elijah Mitchell kind of stumbles. You know, it, it was a microcosm of what I'm talking about, about that offense not being quite firing on all cylinders. And, and they stumble at the goal line. They have to kick a field goal. They win the game, but the Chargers cover the spread. And it, it just seems like I could see something like that happen and happening again. It's a division game. Colt McCoy, 3-0 and straight up and against the spread uh, with the Arizona Cardinals as an underdog. I mentioned earlier Kyler Murray, 3-1-1 and against the spread against the 49ers as a starter. So, you know, it just seems that, you know, what a division game again, uh, that Arizona somehow finds a way to, you know, keep this close with the 49ers or, or, or not get blown out. And, and in the past, I think they've done it, or in the recent past, they've done it with a mobile quarterback. So, again, maybe it is in the Niners' benefit uh, that Colt McCoy starts. And, and I think it's a favorite that Colt McCoy will start. Uh, again, I go back to Jennifer Lee Chan, the interview we did earlier today, the beat reporter for the 49ers. And, you know, she talked about the fact that Kyler Murray in a hamstring. You've also got DeAndre Hopkins uh, nursing a hamstring. When you're playing, you know, so far from home, 7,200 feet in elevation, you've got, you know, you know, almost half the season left to go. It seems to me like risking further injury uh, from Kyler Murray uh, would would be a risk at this point and, and maybe something that the Cardinals will stay away from. So uh, I, I would favor Colt McCoy to be your starter right now. Um, but, you know, for all the reasons I state, it's hard for me to make a play if I was going to, you know, and I don't know if I necessarily want to go there with your first half play. I get it. Mm -hmm. um, but I just, you know, watching these 49ers, we rarely see them blow people out. And, and again, sure. if they, if they, if they get their act together with all this talent that, that they have on the field, they should blow Arizona out, but they just don't seem to do it. I, I guess at the end of the day, if you made me make a play on this, and, and we'll we'll make this for the record here, because every single episode I've either had a play or had a lean, and for right. the most part they've turned out. I would go with San Francisco because I'm going to trust my numbers here. The the numbers and the metrics and the stats that I study are telling me that the Niners are far superior. I think the extra uh, extra week uh, of getting all these healthy stars in sync will help. And I, I think it'll play out on the field. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners won by double digits. I'm in agreement with you, Brady. And, and again, I, I, I'm with you too in the sense that I don't have a pre-flop bet. I've been trying to get something, but I just haven't had enough conviction. So you never want to force something. And I'll, I'll, more often than not, you can get a better number if you have patience and wait in-game. That's the beauty of the shows that you and I do with all of these live betting opportunities. And just like there were those present last game for the 49ers against the Chargers, perhaps that will happen with them against the Cardinals. Whether or not they end up covering the pre-flop number, at some point you may get a better number in the first half and can capitalize there. So that may ultimately end up what I do. Uh, we'll we'll kind of just see. But uh, if we do add anything, it's always logged in at vsin.com. That's vsin.com. My plays, Brady's plays, every show, host, and guest play uh, for every sport. You can check it out there. Now, Brady, I do have one more subject in this game I want to bring up. And from time to time, I'll ask you about props. And, you know, uh, I'm putting Brady on the spot a little bit because he doesn't get into it as much as I do. And I didn't tell him beforehand. So apologies, Brady. But I'm looking at George Kittle potentially. And the reason that I'm looking at him is because what he's done against Arizona and what Arizona has 
allowed against opposing tight ends. So on average this year, opposing tight ends against Arizona are getting seven and a half receptions for 78 receiving yards. Wow. He only faced Arizona once last year, had six catches on eight targets, 101 receiving yards against the Cardinals. Right now, Kittle's a pretty volatile player, but he is averaging four catches on six targets for 80, uh, 48, pardon me, 48.6 receiving yards per game. His receiving yards prop, the lowest number, I believe, is at about 41 and a half. Or you could even look at his receptions. Uh, that number, I believe, is three and a half with some juice to the over. But would that tempt you to bet an over with George Kittle? Or am I missing something that would maybe maybe sway you the other way with him? Did you say his yardage total was like 41 and a half? That's correct. Yep. Yeah, I would go over that. Uh, you know, again, I go back to last week when they just couldn't find a rhythm with all these stars on the field. Kyle Juszczyk in the backfield, Debo Samuel in the backfield, Elijah Mitchell uh, in the backfield back uh, off of IR, Debo Samuel in the backfield, then, of course, at wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk, and then Kittle. Uh, I mean, there's just so many options, and it didn't seem like Kyle Shanahan knew what to do with all his toys. I think he probably goes back to basics and, like you say, exploits that inability to defend the tight end by the Arizona Cardinals. And I think Kittle is also probably Jimmy G's, I don't know if I want to say his favorite target, but it's his security blanket. It's the one he right. knows the best. He's been around with the longest. So I think 41 and a half seems pretty light. You know, while you were talking about the prop market, uh, another couple that I would probably look at would be Elijah Mitchell to go over his rushing yards uh, prop. I, I don't know what that number is. Maybe it's around 50 or 60. And I would probably look to uh, go over on Christian McCaffrey's receiving yards. That's what we saw last week as Elijah Mitchell came back into the fold. He got the bulk of the carries at running back. And I, I kind of have a feeling that trend will continue and Kyle will use uh, Christian McCaffrey more so as a receiver. So I, I would probably look at, uh, you know, that playing out with those two guys as well. So they don't have Elijah Mitchell rushing yards prop up just yet. I'm sure we'll see it tomorrow. Brady and I record this on Sunday night. Uh, they do have him anytime touchdown score. And that was something I was kind of flirting with too. If, if he's going to get a bulk of the carries, well, Arizona has been susceptible to allowing plenty of rushing touchdowns this year. So maybe they finally get Mitchell back in the mix in the red zone. For McCaffrey, his receiving yards, Brady, the lowest number seems to be 35 and a half mm -hmm. for his receptions. Uh, let's see, uh, four and a half, the over minus 127 or so. Do you have conviction on one versus the other more so? Or are they kind of equal in the sense that he'll get involved enough in both? I, I like the over 35 and a half yards much better than the reception total because Christian McCaffrey could break one for 36 yards. Uh, you know, let's say he catches three passes. They're, they're probably each going to go for 12. I mean, he's so shifty and his ability, you know, in the open field is, is fantastic. So I'd rather go over the yardage rather than the number of catches. Again, there's only so many possessions and, and pass plays to go around and they've got so many stars. I, I wouldn't want to bank on him necessarily getting a bulk of the action, but I think he can break a couple big ones and, and cash the over on the yardage total. Elijah Mitchell, I think anytime TD, I think that's a very good one. You know, Kyle Shanahan last week, that that lust, uh, busted play that we talked about earlier against the Chargers when they were trying to put the game away would have won that game by 10 points. Uh, and he kind of 
stumbles and, and the offensive line kind of stumbled and everybody just didn't execute the play. Otherwise, right. he could have walked in the end zone. It was wide open. So I think there might be something to that, that Kyle's going to use it again in the red zone. And he probably employed in practice this week uh, for his or made an emphasis in practice this week for his players to get it right. Uh, so I, I wouldn't doubt that one uh, either. So some of the stats for the Cardinals against running backs in the passing game, by the way. So opposing running backs on average, 4.6 receptions for 38.2 receiving yards. If you do like McCaffrey over his mark, uh, yeah, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, go ahead. You're Brady. talking about, you know, running backs on average versus Christian Who McCaffrey. Who are Christian McCaffrey, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's uh, pretty good information right there and reason to go over his yardage. Yeah, I mean, you look at a guy like Austin Eckler, who they just faced last week, Brady, who gets involved heavily in the passing game. The dude had 12 targets, 7 receptions, only managed 39 receiving yards somehow. But again, it, clearly the opportunity was there for a guy like Austin Eckler. So Chris McCaffrey, very similar in that sense. And a great note by you, Elijah Mitchell, if he's getting a bulk of the carries, the safer option could be dumping it off to Christian McCaffrey, who, by the way, too, which I am just realizing this now, McCaffrey faced, uh, uh, or you know, pardon me, I'm looking the wrong way here. I, I got them going against the 49ers. Forget this. Um, I'm talking about the wrong team. So well, the Panthers, the <laughs> Panthers did face the Arizona Cardinals earlier this year, didn't that they? They did. Yes, so they did. So it gets even better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny. I accidentally had the 49ers pulled up, and he had like seven catches. But now I'm pulling it up for McCaffrey against the Cardinals, and it gets better because he had nine receptions on nine targets wow. for 81 receiving yards in that game, Brady. There you go. There you go. I, I think wow. we're building a case here. <laughs> we may just be doing that. So uh, that may make the list officially. I'm recording this one, by the way, before I will do prop watch, but we'll certainly get into that extensively, uh, extensively along with some of these other props because, uh, yeah, even though it may be kind of a, a tough game to decide from a side and total perspective, props could be the avenue in this matchup. But uh, Brady, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much good on this game in terms of what I got, my man. Anything else you want to add before we get a sneak peek for some of the upcoming games? Well, just to clarify for the listeners, I, I don't have a play in the game. I don't think I will have a play in the game. Um, if you've got a, an opportunity to tease the Niners down, it's certainly an advantageous number. Yeah. It fits into the Wong uh, teaser theory there, taking the eight down to two. You know, you cross all the key numbers there. So I think that's maybe one of the strongest plays you could make. I told you about my reservations of the 49ers covering big numbers. But, you know, just an official lean here um, that I'm going to make is I'm going to trust my numbers and, and, and say the 49ers win this one, cover the eight points win by win by nine or ten is is you know what i'll go on record as saying but it, not with a lot of conviction fair enough we always appreciate the info regardless brady all right my man we are heading into a holiday week thanksgiving it is approaching which means it is a unique week throughout the national football league again you and i just kind of peeking at this now i know you talk about it on the pro football blitz with mike pritchard you guys do an excellent job so uh, make sure you're checking that out at vsin uh, Brady, any of these games stand out to you right now, whether it's the Thursday games, we've got three of them on Thanksgiving, or the Sunday look-ahead spots? Well, one that caught my eye, and you're welcome to ask me about any others. I can't remember exactly all of them uh, on the schedule just right now, but... Uh, 
You know, I, I had a winning play on the Dallas Cowboys today, and we talked about that on the podcast last week. And I, I thought there was a lot of games today where you had the general perception versus, you know, the, the line. And I think the general perception from the betting public and, and, and just sports fans in general was that the Dallas Cowboys, you know, blew a 14-point lead and lost to the Green Bay Packers. And the Minnesota Vikings heroically, you know, knocked off the big bad Buffalo Bills. But when in truth, the Cowboys beat the heck out of the Packers. They never should have lost that game. And the truth is the Vikings needed a minor miracle in the fourth quarter just to get that game to overtime. They should have lost by... By, you know, uh, they should have lost by double digits, let alone four points they should have lost by as well. The, the Bills should have covered that spread uh, many different ways. So anyway, you went into this week and people, oh, my gosh, the Vikings are an underdog. You have to be kidding me. And 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 I was successfully on the Cowboys in that one. Now. I'm actually thinking of going against the Cowboys in this coming week on Thanksgiving. They play the Giants, and it and it's that perception thing, the way it sets up. The Giants just laid an absolute egg. I, I don't know if they've played a worse game all season. The Detroit Lions really stomped on them. And, and the Dallas Cowboys just played a game that would, you know, if they can maintain that type of performance, they'll win the Super Bowl. I, I mean, it was incredible what they did to Minnesota. And, and I think one thing you have to always realize when betting the NFL, one performance is typically not going to represent uh, how bad or good a team is. I, I think the Giants are certainly better than what they showed today, and I don't think Dallas is as good as what they showed today. You know, so both of those things are probably going to regress towards the mean, and yet Dallas is being favored by eight, eight and a half points is what I'm seeing. You're probably getting inflated line value because one team's stock is really down off of their performance, and one team's uh, stock is really high off of their performance. So my initial reaction would be to take the eight or better. Uh, who, see, who knows what it'll do on Monday? If it goes higher, I'll definitely take a look at getting the points. And it's a division game. We talk about that with the Niners and the Cardinals. Division games don't tend to be blowouts most of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing one nine out there right now at Circa Brady. So yeah, there's probably an initial bet on uh, on the Cowboys. If it gets to double digits, absolutely. Give me the Giants. Eight and a half at Westgate, seven at Stations, eight at Caesars. So it's kind of all over the place right now uh, for that Giants and Cowboys game. But you're right, falling in exactly to that category of selling high, buying low. That was a also great example a, uh, of Minnesota and Dallas. Also a rematch game. You know, this is round two of mm -hmm. the division series, and the Cowboys took the first one. And, you know, we see a lot of that where the team that lost the first game in division is able to capture the second one. All right, Brady. The game I want to ask you about right now, uh, I, you know, later in the week, I'm sure I'd love to text you and ask you about many more. But <laughs> for right in this moment, now there are uncertainties with this spot, but Chicago and New York, the Jets being. Yeah, interesting Justin game. Fields was, yeah, because Justin Fields was banged up, and we don't know what the deal is with his left shoulder. He says he was in a lot of pain. So let's just, for the sake of this conversation, assume that Justin Fields is good to go. Right now, the Jets are a four-point favorite. First of all, I guess, is this line with the thought process that he may be out, or do you think that's where it would be regardless 
And then I guess just, you know, whatever your answer is to that, how do you handicap this game? Because you and I both are on the bad end of the Jets today, and you don't account for that necessarily in this spot. But, man, Zach Wilson is uh, not very good right now. Brady. No, he sure isn't. I, I, I'd love to bet the Jets if they put Mike White in at quarterback. Sure. Seriously. Uh, you know, he, he did great in relief of Zach Wilson last year. Uh, and I think right now, at this point in his career, he's the better quarterback. Zach Wilson... I didn't like his attitude when he just gave a one-word answer. A reporter, I thought, asked a very fair question. Did you let your defense down today? And he just simply said no. That was Which it. Which is wrong. <laughs> he no, absolutely totally did. Totally <laughs> wrong. And he, and he was, you know, kind of cocky and arrogant about it. Yeah. And, you know, I think you, you see, you know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, they would say, yes, I did let my defense down. And they would admit to it. Um, we Even Derek Carr, you know, he, he does that too. Mm -hmm. uh, um I don't think you say no to that type of thing um, when it was pretty obvious. I mean, he only completed nine passes all day. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to bet the Jets if Mike White, start, uh, Mike White started. Laying four points with that team um, seems heavy to me. I wonder how Robert Sala's defense is going to be able to defend Justin Fields. You know they're going to get some sacks. The Chicago offensive line still can't you know, stop the pass rush of opponents. He was sacked a number of times today by the Atlanta Falcons, who have an awful pass rush. And now mm -hmm. you're playing the New York Jets, who have a, a very good pass rush and a very good defense. You know, they could almost win this game and cover the spread just with their defense. But I do worry about the quarterback situation and laying that many points. You asked the question, is, is the line already built knowing that Fields is not going to play. I don't know that. I, I would think the four is more built with him in the lineup. Yeah, I think if, you're right. if, if he's not in the lineup, who knows? This might go to seven. So it'll be Trevor Simeon if it's not going to be Justin Fields. Simeon looked okay in preseason, and, uh, you know, you have a good running game, but a majority of that comes from Fields at this point. And you don't have Khalil Herbert, so then it's pretty much just David Montgomery, which isn't going to be ideal for Chicago, especially when their defense is practically Swiss cheese at this point in the season. So maybe they will make Zach Wilson look good. But uh, I assume if you're looking at that game too, you're probably going to want to consider props. And you should look at props for the Jets running backs. I know that Carter didn't have a great game today. I know that Robinson didn't get involved too much. Patriots run defense, aside from when they face the Bears, actually, has been pretty stout. So maybe you get a better number with those guys because of how poor they played this past week and can take advantage of it against a weaker Bears defense. That, I guess, yeah. would be my first inkling. Yeah, no, I, I think you make a good point. And, and let's cut Zach Wilson a little bit of slack. I, I think you also make a good point that he may look like a superstar against the Bears defense. <laughs> you know, he played a very good defense today in the New England Patriots. That game, I mean, if you're a fan of defense, that was an outstanding football True. game on both sides for the defenses. And and I give Robert Sala and the Jets team, a, I mean, what a tough pill to swallow the way they lost that game. It's really oh. tough. Um but I think, you know, he's good at getting this team back up off the mat and motivating his guys. Um, and Wilson should definitely have an easier time uh, with this Bears defense. And, and look what he did to the Bills defense. You know, he, he wasn't a yeah. hero in that game, but he was very efficient. He didn't turn it over. He did what he had to do. He moved the chains. He managed the game. He, he could not even do that today. Um, but again, against a different opponent with uh, the defense that the Bears bring to the table, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of starting to talk myself into uh, laying the four with the Jets. I'm not gonna not gonna run to the window just yet, but I, I think right. we're starting to make some sense of it. 
And honestly, too, you may get a better number if we get like confirmation on fields. I wouldn't be shocked if it goes to three and a half. I'm not sure that it'll fall three, but I, I feel like we could see that go to three in the hook and, you know, a little bit better spot than if you're looking to go on the Jets, who are very much still fighting for the playoff lives, of course. The Bears uh, wouldn't be too mad if they kept losing out, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> the, the, the subtle tank, I guess. I think they're slotted for the third pick in the first round, so we'll see. Uh, Brady, one more game, I guess, I got right now, and I just thought about it as we were talking, because we were talking about this on Live Bet Sunday, Jeff Parles, Dustin Sweetelson, and myself earlier today. Houston and Miami, I feel like this could be a good over bet. It opened 45. You've already seen it go to 45 and a half. Circa has 46. Now, Miami's a 12-point favorite at circa 11 and a half and a couple other spots. But the thought process here is that, well, of course, Miami is going to be able to move the ball at home against this horrid Houston defense. Can Houston do enough to get points to rack it up and get the total going over? Maybe enough in the sense of a couple touchdowns because Brady, to be honest, this Miami defense has really, really been bad. I take example that Bears game, not that the Bears and Texans have the same offense, but a lower team such as Chicago, who, yes, their offense has been better. I mean, the Steelers hung around with the Dolphins a tad bit. I'm just saying I don't like this Miami defense. I think it's going to end up killing them in the postseason. They're going to get enough points. Can Houston do enough to get this total over, though? Yeah, you know. I think I like a couple of things better than betting this game over the total because of exactly what you say. Is Houston going to be able to do anything? I mean, they were basically shut out in that game today uh, with the Washington Commanders, who have a very good defense, don't have much of an offense. But really, for all intents and purposes, that game was 20 to 3. And, you know, there was a garbage touchdown late. Uh, that didn't even matter, but you just wonder if Houston can even score and, and help out in getting that total over the hump there. I might look at, at two other things. First of all, I think I would actually look at laying the wood with Miami, and I would also maybe look at a Miami team total, which is probably somewhere in the low 30s, I'm guessing. The Miami Dolphins, basically, we've known three things about them. Their, their receiving core, their quarterback play it has been tremendous, and, and they're able to put points up on the board quickly against you. Their defense has been average or, or below average. Um, and prior to the addition of Jeff Wilson Jr. coming over from the 49ers, they didn't have a very good running game. But what we saw last week, them do to the Cleveland Browns, Jeff Wilson was a monster. And Jeff Wilson was very good for the 49ers, too. And now Raheem Mostert is starting to come along. Those two guys, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, were both with Mike McDaniel when he was the running game coordinator or the offensive coordinator, I guess, for the San Francisco 49ers. So they absolutely know the system. And last week, and I know Cleveland's defense isn't very good, but you know they're no worse than Houston's rush defense. Uh, the Miami Dolphins had that run game clicking against the Cleveland Browns. So I think that could be the case again. We saw how Derrick Henry just ran rough shot all over Houston. And we saw Saquon Barkley do it 35 times for over 150 yards. I would think the Miami Dolphins are going to do that as well, win this game pretty easily. And then you sprinkle in a little Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, I think, and maybe a defensive touchdown as well, maybe a special teams, a pick six, what have you. I think they can get to over 30 points. There you have it. Brady Cannon, folks, at Las Vegas Golfer, where you can catch him on Twitter. Always a pleasure to talk shop with you, Brady. 
Hey, this is going to be, uh, you know, our, our last convo, I suppose, before we get all the shenanigans going for the Thanksgiving game and for VEASAN bets giving. So uh, it, it's going to be a fun week coming up, my man. And uh, yeah, we always appreciate the time, buddy. I, I hope you have a great holiday with you and yours. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the next time we could chat, pal. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, Danny. And I'm curious uh, for bets giving, I, I believe, did I read you're paired with Mike Palm? That I am. And it's funny, too, because Mike and I both are coming off of the baseball betting pentathlon where I had the bad beat at the end because I had the prop that would have got me the win. I think I like Brandon Bell to get an RBI. Base is loaded. He's on deck. They pinch hit him for someone else, so I just ah. get absolutely screwed. <laughs> Mike and them all were cruising at the beginning of it, and then I guess it was uh, Mike had some prop he wanted to use that would have ultimately won and they would have won but i'm always like nah i'm not doing it and so mike's got a little bit of the uh, revenge angle too so uh are you are you getting paired up with pritch is that your group you got yes mike pritchard and myself okay. there you have it man we're it's coming be for fun. you man no i can't wait <laughs> i know I, I didn't participate in the baseball one uh I, I i can't remember why really i don't know if they didn't include the weekend shows or something like that mm. but uh anyway yeah it'll be great for sure, man, it's going to be a blast. So make sure you guys follow that along at VSIN.com. So many different hosts, a part of many different shows, all the shows on VSIN participating. We're betting college football. We're betting soccer, baby. And mm -hmm. we got some NFL action. So should be a fun one. But Brady, again, many thanks to you. Many thanks to everybody tuning in. Enjoy the Monday night game. Hopefully you cash some winners. And also be sure to check out Prop Watch, also available here on VSIN's Pro Football Betting Podcast feed. Take care, folks.